Let's say good morning to Thomas Mulcair on a Mulcair Monday. He's the former leader of the opposition in Ottawa, former leader of the federal NDP. Good morning, Thomas. Good morning, John. All right. Now, I know you've written a column along similar lines, but uh, Andrew Coyne writing a column today saying the country is falling apart. Why is the federal government not doing anything? Is the country falling apart? Well, there are big pieces that are certainly <laughs> falling from the ceiling, and somebody should be there to, with a bucket of stucco to try to put some of it back in place. So the piece that I wrote for CTV uh, about a week ago was on a similar line. I, I went through the litany of things that Francois Legault has gotten away with, like saying that he's going to change the Constitution unilaterally and Trudeau won't lift a little finger, and saying that he's going to remove the equality rights of people based on their religion and Trudeau won't lift a little finger. He loves talking about the Charter of Rights, but he could have easily referred all of this straight to the Supreme Court in what we call a reference case and hasn't done so. And Coyne's rather long piece in the Globe and Mail goes into much more detail. He's, he also talks about the, the Quebec stuff, but he goes on to other provinces and saying, look, look at what's happening in Alberta. It's just become, you know, Ottawa's the punching bag again. And, oh, we'll, we'll just withdraw from the Canada Pension Plan. That, that, that won't have any effect whatsoever. And, and we'll take most of the money. Really? Oh, that's not going to happen. So Scott Moe removing equality rights as well, using the notwithstanding clause. So you're just looking at the fact that there's no moral leadership on the things that are supposed to bind us together as a nation. And I think that it's a point that people are starting to appreciate in the sense that why is it that Trudeau loves lecturing about this stuff, loves finger pointing about it, but that won't do anything, won't lift that little finger to actually do something about it? Okay, if you were the prime minister, what would you be doing? Because we have a lot of very unruly uh, premiers. Well, the first thing that I would have done when Quebec started using the notwithstanding clause preemptively, because you just say in advance that you're going to do it. There was a Supreme Court case going back decades ago. I think that that's due to be revisited. And I think that with regard to removing the equality rights of religious minorities, for example, it's shameful that it wasn't contested in the Supreme Court. There's only one person in the country, John, who can refer these things to the Supreme Court, and he's the Prime Minister of Canada, Justin Trudeau, but he still hasn't done it. So it's wending its way through the courts. It's taking years. In in the meantime, a Muslim woman who happens to just wear it headscarf as a, as respect for her religious beliefs she's not allowed to work as a teacher in quebec and if you're if you're a sikh man and you wear and you know you're observant and you wear a turban no problem in the peel regional police you can that's that can become part of your uniform in quebec you can't get a job as a cop and why is it that in the same country these things are not even contested it, because it we're supposed to share certain things in common like our, our human rights so i think that that's a good start i think that what trudeau should also do is show a little bit more interest because this thing with alberta you know he's, he's given it a passing look but essentially it's been up to christia freeland to say well we're going to send it to the the actuary and stuff like that but these are big issues for the country they should be tackled head on of course one of the reasons or actually 36 reasons why justin trudeau isn't picking a fight with the premier of quebec is it's one of the last uh, bastion of seats that liberals can hope for right but that interest in the liberals priorities is starting to have a really bad effect on big policy issues. So, oh, Tim Houston, one of the best premiers in Canada, frankly, because he's much more balanced than a Scott Moe, looks at this stuff and says, this is totally unfair for my province. We have a rural reality that you're not taking into account. This carbon tax is going to clobber us. He gets it removed for all of Canada for the heating oil, but 
he plugs ahead and Trudeau says, okay, I'm going to completely change everything I've said about the carbon tax as a way to fight climate change. But that's a huge problem because now all of a sudden we're not taking care of that. So the premiers are meeting there today. One noted (laughs) absent, it'll be Mr. Legault because he's got a massive public sector strike on his hands in Quebec. As you know, John, everybody works for the government. So Mm -hmm. when you have these huge common front strikes as we're starting today, it's, you know, it's the opening salvo. So Legault's not going. But another reason he's not going is that Quebec has a total exemption from the carbon tax because we have a cap and trade agreement with California. Uh, BC also has an exemption because the the liberals out there had brought in a a carbon tax years ago. So everybody looking at this stuff says, well, we keep talking about doing something on climate change, reducing our greenhouse gases. This is what the plan was eight years later, but now they're removing it and it's going to be irresistible. How do you answer Doug Ford's plea saying you're going to keep a carbon tax on natural gas. The liberals are going to argue, oh, it's slightly less than what it was. No, you've removed it from heating oil, which is far more polluting, and you're keeping it on natural gas. How do you answer that to the people in, in Ontario? And how do you say to the people out west, oh, by the way, we've decided that by 2035, your electricity production is going to be net zero, which is a, a, lot, a laudatory goal. But how do you actually do that in a province like Saskatchewan or Alberta without having a huge cost for the people there? These are things that are not thought out, even though Trudeau has access to the best minds in the country, whether it's at the finance department or at the PMO or uh, in the individual departments like energy and environment. So, by the way, keep an eye on on Stephen Gilbo, because if Mm -hmm. unless I miss my guess, I think Trudeau's going to back down. And he's going to say, oh, well, we didn't think of all of this and we're going to have a table where we're all going to sit down and look at this stuff. Keep an eye on Gilbo because I'm not sure he's going to stick around. If if the federal government is showing what it's shown in the past, that it's not really serious about fighting climate change, there will be millions of Canadians disappointed, mostly people who vote Liberal, some NDP, and a lot Green. And they're just going to be looking at Trudeau saying, so it's all been cosmetic, right? This has all been for show. Meanwhile, the guy who would like to be the Prime Minister, Pierre Polyev, is zeroing in on the economy, and it's a winner. It is a winner. And, you know, the the idea in some of the newspaper pieces that have been covering this, they're saying it's interesting. He's not weighing in on the big international issues. You know, there's an old saying in politics, when when your opponent is busy beating themselves up, do nothing to interfere. So Trudeau has just been tripping all over himself, you know, with the accusation thus far evidence-free of of Indian government interference, uh, actually the involvement in in the killing of a Canadian on Canadian soil. We've still got the thing hanging out there with a, we're going to have an inquiry into China. On Gaza and Israel, Trudeau's messaging has been very very, you know, fluctuating. Uh, Let's just put it that way. It's been hard to follow. So Poitiers is just saying, I'm going to leave Trudeau with that stuff. I'm going to keep concentrating on pocketbook issues, cost of living, high inflation, saying, I'm going to come in with solutions for Canadians. And so far, at least according to the polls, it's working. Meanwhile, Mark Carney says he's not ruling himself out as a potential liberal leader. Me neither. You know, I mean, who, I, I also am not ruling out running. <laughs> and he's not ruling himself in either, are yeah. you? Uh, so, no, but Carney is in a sweet spot right now because he's saying all the right things. He's not getting caught, you know, offside, hitting Trudeau or anything like that. There's a wonderful guy named Percy Downs, former chief of staff to Jean Chrétien, now a senator, one of the nicest people you'd ever want to meet. And he was just, you know, the gold standard as as a chief of staff. And he came out with a very straightforward plea for Justin Trudeau to step down. Now, John, you've been around for a long time. These things happen in a context. And I would say that in the next 
a few weeks, probably before Christmas, we'll have a group of riding association presidents, you know, mulling over the idea of Justin Trudeau taking the proverbial walk in the snow <laughs> sometime after Christmas. And I, I do think that he's there. People around him have been trying to send him that signal for months now since he got his second minority, in fact, you know, saying, you know, you should look at this as your legacy mandate. Nice way of saying time to move on. Nobody's going to actually start a revolt. But when you have 23 members of your caucus who vote against you on the issue of Israel-Gaza, calling for a, an outright ceasefire, uh, you're in trouble. Because Trudeau's been, always been amazing at keeping his caucus together. So stay tuned. I think that there's going to be more of this and not less. Thank you, sir. Always a pleasure. Great to talk to you, John. All the best. Thomas Mulcair on a Mulcair Monday.